0: Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today we have Hannah Zook with us, and we're going to look at End Slavery Ministries Ecuador. This is such a great and important story. Thanks for being with us, and let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. this is Cameron Graham Vivanco. And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the co-founder of Education Equals Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals Age in Ecuador as well. Yay! Equals H. As you know, we exist to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult places. And today, I love this run that we're on. I love the run that we have of special guests. We have another special guest with us today. Her name is Hannah Miller Zook. Had to slip that maiden name in there. Hey, (laughs) Hannah. Hi. Thanks for having me here. Um, Hannah, besides uh, being a fantastic person, <laughs> we just really <laughs> like, but the reason and the point that she saw on the show today, <laughs> um, she directs the ministry of Esme. Mm-hmm. Many of you know that ministry as Casa Dalia, but really it's, it has expanded and has four different parts in Casa Dalia. We're going to define all these terms for you in just a second, but Casa Dalia is one of the four branches of Esme. What does Esme stand for, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ESME
1: stands for End Slavery Ministries Ecuador. So it's all focused on helping women and kids coming out of vulnerable situations like sex trafficking, prostitution, and other types of abuse.
0: Um, And tell us about the four—well, okay, context (laughs) is everything, right, people? Yeah, yeah. Let's have some context. context. Who are you? Where are you from? How did you get to Ecuador to do this? Is this your full-time gig? Tell us about you. Yeah, so my name is Hannah, as they've mentioned.
1: Hi, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually moved to Ecuador with my family when I was seven years old. Um, My parents moved me and my sister here, and they worked with Youth World. Woo, woo, shout out to Sandy and Brad Miller. (laughs) Yes, Mm. and so I was a little girl here, and that was my first experience with Ecuador and learning Spanish and learning Um, and living here in this culture. So I graduated high school here in Ecuador from Alliance Academy International. Another shout out, woot woot. (laughs) And then I went back to the States to study for university and I ended up studying social work. So um, but before that, so how did I end up kind of back here and a little bit more about my story. So when I was 17, um, I did a Bible study that was curriculum with International Justice Mission. And we learned about what human trafficking was. Mm. And that, I had never heard anything like that. Actually, when I was little, I, when I heard about the trans, transatlantic slave trade, it actually really impacted me. And I thought, God, why did I not live at that time? Couldn't I be part of like, the Underground Railroad and help mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. And even from when I was little, like, it was just like my heart went out when I heard those stories. And then to hear at 17, hey, modern-day slavery exists, there are people in slavery today.
0: Well, I'm sure that there are people listening right now who, who don't know very much about that. So tell us about the modern-day slavery. What does that look like? Yeah, so uh, there are a lot of different estimates out there because it's
1: really hard to know, but estimates say there's about 40 million people that are actually in
0: type, some type of slavery um, 40 right now. Million. That is, that is twice the population of the entire country of Ecuador. Wow. Yeah, I, didn't even I think was about over that. twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of people. So, um, the main kind of term is human trafficking, but that kind of encompasses there's two main types of human trafficking there's labor and then sex trafficking. Oh, wow. And so, labor would be that you're forced to work without pay and you are. Mm. Um, in some type of labor situation and um, enslaved in that way. And then sex trafficking would be um, forced to have sex with people um, and other people are gaining money for that. And mm-hmm. you don't have a choice in that situation. Okay. Um, and so it looks a lot like
0: prostitution, but those people, yeah, are not. They're they not. Don't have, they don't get the $7 at the end of the trick. Right. They, they're they sl- enslaved. Exactly. Okay. So I, I jumped ahead. <laughs> okay. We're 17. We're, yes, we're doing so this. Study. I
1: learned about human trafficking and it changed me. I, I don't know. I just thought, I don't think I can do anything else with my life, but mm. try to help people mm. that have gone through that or try to prevent it or just do something to help. Um, and so that's why I ended up studying social work in university. Okay. Thought it could be, I wasn't really sure exactly how I was going to help mm-hmm. or how I was going to use it. But I thought, hey, social work works with people and helping them. And just, I basically kept saying, like, I want to volunteer, but get paid to volunteer and like, <laughs> not do anything else. You're here. Yeah. So, yeah. And then after graduating, I married my high school sweetheart in Woo-hoo. 2015. Um, and we were just. In 2015, yeah. Okay, great. Good. Good.
0: Six years ago now. Great. Continue.
1: And so we were just kind of, when we got engaged, we were trying to decide, like, what are we going to do with our lives? Where are we going to live? What's happening? I'm sure a (laughs) lot of you can resonate. (laughs) And we kind of had thought and both been on different paths of God revealing, like, hey, I want to use you overseas and do missions. But both of our parents had moved our families overseas when they were, Older, had all their kids, were a little bit more established in life. And so, in our minds, we just thought, yeah, that's when we might do that. Um, and then, through just a series of praying and counsel and a lot of different things, it was like, well, we don't have anything else we want to do. What if we just see if we could we go now? Now, right after we get married. <laughs> so, we actually moved to Ecuador when we were only eight months married. Um, we remember. did <laughs> our training when we it. were engaged. <laughs> so, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think for us it was a great. Um, my husband actually grew up here too. That's where we met, mm-hmm. and so we have a heart for the whole world. But it was really cool to see. Um, just we have Spanish. We've lived here before. It was a really good fit, and to come back mm-hmm. and serve um, as adults has been really great. We've been here since 2016.
0: Oh my word! Our math Our math professionals are saying <laughs> five years, Karen. Five, five years. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, but when you came, you didn't, I mean, you you have always worked with the Casa Dalia and Esme, Mm -hmm. but what was your role and then what's your role now? Yeah. So when I came, my role official was called
1: social worker, but what did that really mean? Well, a lot of things. (laughs) I think, yeah, when you work with a ministry overseas, there are a lot of a million different things that you end up doing that you never realized. (laughs) All day, every day. People are like, what do you do? You're like, well let me do yeah I have a long list <laughs> exactly um but I focus mostly at Casa Dalia the residential home and the first summer is so funny I'm like I feel like I change diapers and cook meals and at the time actually I thought why did I move to Ecuador to change diapers and cook, cook meals, meals. <laughs> this does not feel like what I signed up for but actually and I tell all of our new staff this too it's like That was the best training ground to just live life, daily life with these kids, with these women to serve and to really just, yeah, be able to serve and have that heart of I'll do anything. I'll clean the bathroom. I'll make a meal. It doesn't
0: have to be. And you're growing in the relationship with them. You're getting to know them and know the inside of what's going on. Is that true? Yeah, exactly. Just that daily life, daily community Mm -hmm. and daily opportunities to
1: speak in, um, in the moments, you know, that just happen in life.
0: Yeah. So um, what are the four areas of, well, I cut you off. So you started doing that and it's good training. And yes. then, and now
1: I, since 2020, I've been the director of End Slavery Ministries Ecuador. So our former director moved back to the United States. We love you, Debbie Dells. <laughs> and so, yeah, in 2020, that's when I started in this new role. Great. And the
0: four areas of Esme are... Yes, so we have Castelli, which we mentioned before. So that's our residential home. How many uh, women are in the residential home, generally, or right now, or what's your max? What's, yeah. So we have
1: five bedrooms. Um, So pretty much our max is five women. They a lot of times come with their children, and we Mm -hmm. accept them with their kids. So that could be that one woman and four kids are sharing one room. Yeah, you know. And so um, generally, five women is our cap, and then the kids kind of vary because they could come with. None to maybe four or five kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now
0: we have, how many do we have? We have four women mm-hmm. and we have to count every time. And five kids. Four women and five kids living yeah. in a house and a house mom. Mm-hmm. And it, the residential ministry is 24 hours a day. This is their home. This is their life. And they, what are the different aspects that are part of that program?
1: Yeah, for sure. So exactly. We have 24-7 staff with them. We have three different house moms that rotate that. And then... They have a lot of different aspects of the actual program and then a lot of just that living together and learning Mm -hmm. life, um, learning through living together, too. But the formal, more formal aspects are we have educational support. Yeah,
0: education. I think we'll come come back to this one later.
1: (laughs) Um, We have counseling for the women and Mm -hmm. group therapy um, and actually child therapy for the kids as well.
0: Oh, good. Mm -hmm. And we
1: have medical support, so health um, just being able to navigate the public health system and getting access to the treatment that the women and kids need um, that a lot of times they haven't had access to before that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the spiritual aspect, so they have Bible study and go to church together as a community on Sundays, um, but more than that, all of our staff have a relationship with Jesus, and so um, just have those opportunities to share about the hope that we have in him. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a requirement to be in the home by any means, but they do know that upfront that that's the perspective that we're coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and There's then that that healing. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That we all need,
0: right? <laughs> okay, back to you, back to you.
1: No, totally. And we have the missional aspect, so a lot of people are like, "Wait, what's that?" But it's um discovering their purpose for mm-hmm. being here and mm-hmm. then also that they're not being given just to have or to receive, but actually to give back. Mm-hmm. So before the pandemic, the women in, were serving every month at Pan de Vida, which is a soup, like a soup kitchen. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. um, and so, and they've gone on different like mission trips and stuff like that. But just to be able to give back. That they have something worth giving. Exactly. That is thing. super, super transformational too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not just a victim that has gone through this stuff. No, I can overcome and actually serve okay. other people. Um, and that goes into, we have one of the people who were, used to be in Castalia, now serving on our team so wow. it's like
0: yeah so, so she was a resident and came through the program and now as is healed to the point that she is serving and pouring back into other young women in that who, yeah. who are in that same situation mm-hmm. wow great okay yeah. so I feel like and then we have
1: like relational support so like parenting classes mm-hmm. um conflict resolution um just a lot of things that go into that that a lot of times is not necessarily that formal, but just a lot of teaching and family sure. meetings where you work through conflicts and all of that. Um,
0: yeah, just trying to figure out all
1: and the discern. soft skills
0: that you would get in a healthy family. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not all reading, writing and math like you have that and yes we want we want <laughs> them to know that. but then the soft skills that come along with what is it to be in a house with people and to be in relationship mm-hmm. with people and is that it, yeah, my understanding sure. mhm-. Yeah, and then
1: they also have like professional development stuff. So, learning how to be prepared more for having a different job or having a, their first job, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of things that go into that. So and the think, finances. Yeah. As part of that. For sure. So, they have finance classes, learning how to budget, learning how to manage oh. their money. Awesome.
0: Okay, so that's Casa Dalia. It's
1: one of the four branches of Esme. What are mm-hmm. the other three? Yeah, so another branch is called Caminos de Libertad. So that's Past Freedom in Spanish. And it's our non-residential program, so women coming out of the same situations, but they have a safe place to live and mm-hmm. be, maybe with a family member, um, or they're living on their own and that's going well, and they maybe don't need that 24-7 support, but they do need help. So mm-hmm. the idea with that is that we're trying to cover all those same areas that I mentioned with the residential home, but in a different way because they're not living there. So sure. they come and have different classes and have different
0: services. Mm-hmm. And is any of that preventative? Is any of that women who are at risk of being trafficked and trying to give them the soft skills and a healthier place to to live out of? Yeah. So with both
1: of those programs, um, yeah, we talk about that our our women are vulnerable to that. So whether that be that they've actually gone through, been trafficked. Um, Been in those horrible situations, or they lack economic and community resources, Mm -hmm. they lack education, they have been abused. So, all of our women have been abused in some way, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's in their childhood or currently, and they're coming out of that situation right now. Mm -hmm. And so, if somebody has been abused and then lacks this community, lacks resources, then their likelihood of being trafficked is so high. And so, instead of, you know, so a trafficker a lot of times will come in in a moment of need Mm -hmm. and offer something that. Actually, they need like I'm out on the street. I don't have a place to live. I don't have food. I don't have provision a lot of times. And so instead of that moment, the trafficker stepping in, if they can come into one of our programs and actually instead of having all these false promises and then someone taking advantage of them, they actually have, hey, we want to help you.
0: And we actually do. Yeah. that's we, the reality we, we actually want to help you and there's, and there's no string attached <laughs> exactly no. so so yeah. what um we have two more that you're going to tell us about in a second but one quick follow-up question how does someone get how does someone become trafficked <laughs> yeah that's or should we save that for <laughs> should we go through the other two first and then come back sure, to sure let's yeah Let's. okay save we'll that. do that because I definitely um it is, if you've never lived that situation or been around mm-hmm. it or unfortunately heard the stories and learned secondhand, it is confusing. Like, how did this happen? You woke up one day sure. and someone kidnapped you? It's mm-hmm. not like that at all. But anyway, okay. So tell us yes. about the other two. <laughs> so the, <laughs> so we have Casa Dalia, Caminos uh, of de Libertad, li- uh, Paz and Freedom. Yes, I was. I was <laughs> trying to do that Spanglish in my head. I was like, Cam- "Caminos of freedom." Wait, that didn't work. <laughs> okay, sorry. Back to you. Yes, and then our third is
1: Amadas, so that means loved ones in Spanish, and that is our street outreach to people currently in prostitution. And mm-hmm. so every well, generally before the pandemic, our rhythm was every two weeks we go down to a certain part of um, the center of Quito. And we talk with, build friendships, and pray with people that are on the street corners um, currently in prostitution. They're going in and out of brothels as we talk with all of them.
0: Um, I, someone who used to be on your staff, a good, good friend, she was telling me a story about um, that the depth of relationship that you guys are able to do to, to, to build that um that she was praying with or having a conversation with her, a woman in prostitution. Um, and they were just about to pray. And then someone came up and propositioned her, like, hey, baby, let's go in this brothel. And she was like, you're going to have to wait. I need to pray with this person. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I was just like, so wow. <laughs> um, but awesome that, that mm-hmm. building that sort of relationship that they know that you guys – are they are your team when you go down to the city center that mm-hmm. you're not asking for anything and you're not trying to prostitute them in any way shape or form you are right. simply um, reaching out in friendship and relationship yeah and
1: just like a moment of hope like one of the women I just like I love her smile and I told her that one day I was like I just love your smile it's so bright and she's like oh I only smile when you guys come around oh wow. like, I'm not smiling the rest of the day Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just the reality. And to have a moment of just respite in the mm-hmm. midst of a lot of darkness um, is so sweet. And someone who's like, "Hey, I see you. I know you. I care about you." And guess what? God does too. Mm-hmm. And that's our message: that God loves you right here. He doesn't love you if you just if you leave this just if you leave this life, or if you just go to church. No, right here, exactly where you are, or when you're inside the brothel doing what you're doing. God loves you, God sees you, God knows you, Mm -hmm. and he wants you to know him. Yeah. Mm. I got a relationship. Okay, last one. Yes, and then the (laughs) fourth branch is Esperance Art. So that's our jewelry workshop. Um, And so women from the other programs, they make jewelry and they get paid per piece that they make. And then Mm -hmm. we sell that jewelry here in Ecuador and in the United States. And it's part of that vocational training, that job skills training um, that we talk about. So it's very part time. It's two mornings a week. But a lot of the women have either never had a job or they have only um, either themselves or others made money through sex. And so to be able to really change that mindset of, oh, I could do something different. Maybe I'm never gonna make jewelry again in my life after this. <laughs> Not everyone's like gonna right. do that, but hey, I could do something different than the life that I've known and make money and have that dignity of being able to manage their own money and have that.
0: Um, Provide for so themselves and for others. Exactly, and their wonder. kids. Yeah. Um, if you remember last week, we had uh, Kathy Smith on with yeah. us who owns the Crossings in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And she was talking about the Esperanza Art, the jewelry that y'all helped create uh-huh. in the Esperanza Art program. And she was talking about the, the power of supporting ministry through small business. And uh-huh. we were using y'all's example of, of that jewelry. So, well, Hannah, there's so much more to talk to to you about. There's so much (laughs) more to talk about in general, but we are going to have to wrap up this podcast. And please stay tuned for next time when we will continue our conversation with Hannah about what uh, Education Equals Hope does in all four of these ministries. Equals H is supporting all four areas that Hannah just talked about. So, Hannah, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks and for thanks having And thanks for being with us next time. We're <laughs> looking for, we're, we are looking forward to. Um, and if you would like to be a part of supporting Casa Adalia, Esme, Amadas, uh, anything that we're talking about today, please go to www.educationequalshope.org and find that Donate Now button. Thanks so much for being with us, and we'll see you next time.